0: mortgages. Escape high rates and embrace your financial freedom today.
1: Alright, on the huddle with us this evening we have Ben Thomas of Capital and Ali Jones of Red PR. Hello, you two. Hi Heather, hi Ben. Wow, Ali, is your council running like
2: this? Ha ah, it has. Has <laughs> it? Seriously? Oh my god yes, honestly, leaking and stuff. Look, I think, you know, the issue here is that... You can't leak. I heard you say that, you know, someone had done the right thing Yeah. You can't run a council like that. I think as the story has also said, there have to be situations where councillors and staff can have free and frank conversations. You have to be able to do due diligence. You need to be able to float ideas, and you need to consider options. And every single time someone councillor decides to throw all her toys out of the cot and leak to the media yep means that that trust and ability to do that kind of work gets completely trashed. You cannot do this kind of thing as an elected member. Do you make a
1: difference? Do you, in your mind, see a difference, um, Ali, in leaking, in destructive leaking about people? So, you know, leaking that Tori Fano did this or that with her time and just kind of like taking people down and leaking information that you believe as a counsellor the ratepayers
2: should know? in a completely different situations. It's a bit whistleblowy, a, see? It's a bit whistleblowing. You've got it no, no, it's not. In a city council, you have uh, rules and regulations and you have code of conduct. If you are in committee, you should be confident that you are in a private environment. If someone's going to throw their toys out of the cot and leak to the media in a situation like that, how the hell can you feel safe in an environment to do
0: your job? It's it's just it's not on.
1: Okay,
2: then what do you think?
0: Yeah look I I know I have a a lot of questions about these codes of conduct which sort of spring up in councils all over the country. Um, you know, I tend to think that, you know, as an elected member, um, you know, whatever you think of the people who are elected as councillors all across the country, um, you know, they do have this, this sort of mandate from their rep- from, from the people they represent. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure it is up to the council organisations, which is where most of these things originate, to kind of, you know, slap them on the wrist and sort of say, you're not allowed to say that. Um, I think in this case, you know, there, you know, it seems like there's commercial sensitivities involved. And I think there is a case to be made for, you know, a level of confidence uh, for commercial negotiations. Uh, but then on the other hand, uh, it seems like a terrible deal. Um, <laughs> doesn't it doesn't, like though. A- <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it seems, it seems like a very convoluted way of making a zero percent interest loan. Yeah, um, I
1: think, I think to be fair, I do need to be, I, it, so it's not entirely zero percent interest because my understanding is that they will pay rent on the land so it becomes cost neutral to the council, but still the oh, primary problem, so it makes it slightly better, but the primary problem is that this council is so stuffed financially, they can't borrow anything and now they've got $32 million less. Anyway, listen guys, we've got so much to talk about in, in <laughs> stupid local government decisions, so just take a break and we'll come back back to it all right you're back with a huddle ben thomas ali jones ben how do you feel about auckland light rail settling on that big kiwi bacon building for 33 million dollars when national and act are going to scrap light rail
0: i mean it is a tough one again in the sense that you know that you know that they're being a little impudent (laughs) you know you know you know (laughs) that they're trying to sort of lock it in and kind of you know and say look you know, it's 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 not too hard to brush aside, you know, $200 million worth of consultants reports, but it is hard to get rid of a building. Um, but at the same time, look, you know, we have a democracy that before the election, in theory, they didn't know who would be government, and, and they did have a mandate from the existing government to apparently build light rail at some point in the next century or so, and I suppose they were... They, they could say, look, we were just taking steps towards that. Right. So,
1: and, and in a similar vein, Ali, how do you feel about the Wellington mayor signing the contract for the Golden Mile uh, construction project so that Simeon Brown won't be able to cancel it?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Ben, actually, and I think the same thing applies here as well, although I think it's slightly different. I mean, I know that local councils, for example, I don't know about Auckland Light Rail, to me that decision seems bizarre, but as far as Wellington City Council goes, I know that there's a real sense of city councils wanting to uh, you know, manage, especially things like this in Wellington, manage this themselves and not be dictated to by central government. So, look, I can completely understand that, and good luck to them. But the Auckland Light Rail thing, did anyone actually even ask them as as it became clear that potentially was going to be a change of government, why are you continuing down this path? I, I wasn't even aware of. This no, story. well, we tried, we tried, but um, there's a chap who runs it called
1: Tommy Parker, but we're not sure he exists because we've never come across him. <laughs> he never fronts up. <laughs> He might, he might be a real human, but he could also not be. Ben, what about Napier wanting to drop the fence? It's like an entire huddle de- dedicated to local government. What about Napier trying to drop the um the, the fences down to 1.2 metres? How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I'm not quite sure. What, what's the driver for this? Is it, is Safety. it sort of collaterally to stop stop the gangs? And, yes, you know. I, think,
1: I think it's because of the crime problem, right, so that they don't jump your fence and then rob you and no one can see it, but also they don't get up to all of their hoo-ha behind the fence.
0: Yeah, look, I actually, you know, all else being equal, I mean, I think people should be allowed to build whatever fences they like. But in terms of, you know, what will the result be, I think it'll probably be reasonably good, won't it? Um, You know, our suburbs can look a bit sort of forbidding and a bit kind of closed off and um, not particularly inviting. So, you know, I can't see that it will really hurt anyone except the uh, mongrel mob headquarters.
1: Yeah, well, what about, about Ali, when, when the dogs get out? They jump well, the not fence. the
2: dogs, Heather. What yeah. about the kids? I mean, you know, I know that there are kids that you need to keep inside as well and some of them will be over that fence as, as quick as anything. I, I mean, I think it's outrageous. I think it's dictatorial and I think it should not happen. Instead of making people build a certain fence, they should deal with the gang problem and stop trying to make people have to expose themselves. You know, are they going to pay for net curtains? Are they going to pay for additional privacy things for people if you have to have low fences? Well, well, this is a very good point. I mean, is
1: everybody not just going to grow the world's biggest Buxus hedge? And I don't even know if buxes can grow that high, but are they going to grow a big hedge and just basically replace the fence? Speaking of the gangs, though, Ali, um, did, you, did you cry giant tears because the gangs say that National are just going to make their life difficult? Who did you say? I didn't hear what you said, Heather. The gangs are complaining that National oh, is going yeah, to make yeah, their life really yeah, hard. They're not, yeah, yeah, they're not going yeah. to have birthday parties.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, that's just nonsense, actually. I was really fascinated by the head of the female chapter of the Mongol mob. She said um, she felt the policies would be making our culture actually illegal to practice. Well, I, you know, if a culture, as she calls it, fosters and supports and encourages criminal activity, then um, maybe they shouldn't be able to practice it. Look, I think it's a good thing, you know, the gangs peddle death and misery, especially around the drugs issue, and it has to be stopped. Ben, you're a more gentle
1: human, I think, than Ali and I. Are you feeling sympathy <laughs> for the gangs here?
0: <laughs> well, look, Sunny Sadapato from the Mongrel Mob Kingdom down in the Waikato. He just he just wants to, you know, what make sandwiches and yeah. sort of lead a peaceful life. And then every mm. every sort of six months to a year, whoever there is second in charges tends to get convicted of dealing meth, and then everybody in the gang throws up their arms in horror and. <laughs>
1: Didn't know, didn't know about it. How did this
0: happen? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, like, I, I mean, look, it would be a real shame if this impinged on, on, their, uh, on their lifestyle and their practices.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I see that you, you're a bit softer than us, but not too much. Hey, thank you both of you. Appreciate it. Ben Thomas of Capital, Ali Jones of Red PR.
0: For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talks ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.